Dodger Stadium. I got there late. I missed the first song, and I've, I've been—it's been killing me the last um, like three years since <laughs> I've been pissed off about it. So we got there early enough, and we got in line before the band started. We're like, we're great. Uh, security took an hour for us to get in. We missed the first four songs. God damn! I know. And the boy—if you want a harsh Deadheads mellow. Make them wait in line to get into the damn building. I just wanted to get my big egg roll, man. Leave me alone. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We got it inside. We were just like, I was in line so damn long. Give me that Dodger dog right now before the dead, even. Yes. Just give me my big Dodger dog. Yeah, you know, you know what's really good? Dodger yeah. dog. A Dodger dog is legitimately very good. <laughs> I've never been to a, I was actually, it's funny, I was uh, in the neighborhood of Dodger Stadium because uh, my friend uh, Yaki, Yaki Margulies, shout out to Yaki, uh, it was his birthday. And oh. He was at the park right next to Dodger Stadium. What's, what's that park called again? Like Elysian Park? Elysian, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, it's like it's named after that uh, very middling. Uh, uh, the guy who directed District Neil Blomkamp movie. It's <laughs> named after that. They, they love Jodie Foster's performance. So it seems like a it seems like a park that um, some some uh, awful detective in a James Elroy novel has found a dead body. Yeah, someone named after. It's like yeah, it's like a, one of Bosch's famous cases. Especially yeah, Bosch has investigated things for sure in that park. Just walked into a crime scene. He was like, "Man, this is like one of my damn things." And he 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 definitely overheard the dead in the background. He's like, "Don't give me any of that. I'm a jazz man." <laughs> yeah, I only listen to Buddy uh, Rich. Yeah, <laughs> I only listen to the drums. <laughs> jazz, jazz. Yeah, give me. I had like um, vocal free drum led jazz. Yeah, There's only two guys I listen to. Buddy Rich and uh, the bald dude that's David Letterman's friend. Oh, Paul Schaefer? Paul Schaefer. That's <laughs> the only other drummer I can think of. Who was actually, you know, mostly known as a keyboardist, too. <laughs> so, oh, is he a key- oh, no. I thought he was a drummer. I think he might reason. be thinking of uh, Max Weinberg, but, drummer yeah. of um, Conan O'Brien's band and a member of the E Street band. God damn it. Maybe. Or Fred Armisen, maybe, too. I feel like Fred Armisen was like a sidekick a little bit, right? He's he's dabbled in sidekickery. Yeah. Uh, why do I, I always thought Paul Schaefer was a drummer? I I I've never. I'll, uh, my shameful admittance. I've never seen a David Letterman. Oh well, you're you're younger. He was he was already on his way out and not as um. I mean, to, it's to people even older than me are the people he like really influenced. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. I was, like yeah. in the eighties. I was more of a Conan and then a uh, hardcore John Stewart for a little bit, a Daily Head for a little bit. Uh, give me Bill Maher. No. <laughs> <laughs> new rules. Uh, oh, new man. rules. Oh, I saw he was blaming all of the gun violence lately on movies the other night, and I was like, just keep it up, man. Keep oh. it up. Oh, man. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the Sex Pistols guy, just totally. <laughs> 
happens. I don't know what happens. These, I don't know what happens. These people. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm Patrick Remian. And welcome to 9 a.m. on a Sunday, and welcome to <laughs> Direct to DVD Chaos Week at the Academy Academy. Oh, this week has been circled on our calendars for a long time, has it not, Patrick? Oh yeah, a lot of anticipation. A lot of I think mean, I mean, all like uh, the had the Academy family has been just like afraid slash kind of excited for this episode. Yeah, and I think we were so afraid we called the Mulligan on the structure of this yeah. episode. We were originally going to have some friends over, have some beers, and watch three in a row. Okay. No one wasn't particularly enthusiastic yeah, about can't, that you can't, you can't just uh, un- unleash these movies on unwitting victims so instead the format this week is i selected a directed dvd film from the snipes catalog patrick selected one we have not watched the ones we sl- the other selected and we're going to just tell each other about them this week and, and see where they fit into the strange realm of the 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 early aughts for was early to mid aughts yeah. for the Wesley Snipes career. Or in my case, should have been mid aughts, end up being late aughts, early tens. Yeah, you you watched a relatively recent film in the Snipes directed DVD oeuvre, whereas yeah. I watched one that um, is kind of a fringe one that maybe could have made it to theaters in a different time. <laughs> you may have watched, you might be, I feel like both of us, we could have been the first people to watch both these movies in like five years. Oh, I know. Yeah, and I, we were just talking to somebody about the, the hearing. Jen, it was some, Jen was talking to somebody and I was kind of eavesdropping on it, but we were talking about um, star ratings on Letterboxd and how I give everything five stars no matter what (laughs) because everyone worked hard no matter what no matter what happened everyone worked hard and uh I was I was told that that was bullshit and I need to like sometimes shit needs to be called out um I'm not gonna go with that I'm still giving everything five stars check out my Letterboxd when I give uh five stars yeah, or God, what is some of the stupid crap we've given five stars lately? But it's just, um, you know, people worked hard. It's hard. It's genuinely hard. You know, I watched a movie the other day called Golden Needles, directed by Robert Klaus, who directed um, Enter the Dragon, Black Belt Jones, and um, Darker Than Amber, among other movies. I think he's a really fun 70s, 60s and 70s director. This movie has got Joe Don Baker and Jim Kelly in it. It is set in Asia. JDB is on the hunt for antiquities. It was disappointing. It was it was surprisingly like how do you how do you kind of miss with um globe trotting JDB along with Jim Kelly from Enter the Dragon <laughs> going up against gangsters and martial artists. Um kind of boring still gave it five stars still gave it five stars <laughs> despite being disappointed by this movie uh, what's what's that 
but I bet Crafty was great. Oh, whoever it was worked their asses off. JDB left it set every day a fulfilled man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's still a king, so is Jim Kelly, you know. Oh, for sure. Two of the two of the two of the best to do it. Um, speaking of the best to do it though, uh, my film 2006 is hard luck. Your film, 2012's Gallo Walkers, which I see um, is all one word. Yeah. Which I did not know. Was... It's a thing. It's the type of guy. I'll, 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 give you, I'll let you in on the Gallo Walkers. Okay. Further in. So I'm going to go first because we do things um, chronologically here and we're talking 2006. Snipes had already been involved in four direct-to-video pictures by the time he ended up in hard luck. Of course, we're talking about Seven Seconds, The Marksman, which was my other possible choice in which um, his character name is Enter the Marksman Painter in that film, which did we miss out, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) He was, of course, in Chaos in 2005 and in 2006, The Detonator, where he played Agent Sonny Griffith. Hard luck, though, is from 2006. And the thing that I think was attractive about Hard Luck is that it's directed by Mario Van Peebles, who also, of course, directed New Jack City. And um, did I feel cheat? Like I was cheating a little bit when I selected this one, slightly, because I was like, we're going to get something here, because Mario Van Peebles, MVP, is involved with this movie. Patrick. This movie is one of the more bonkers movies I've seen recently, and I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> like, oh, no, sir. Oh, yeah. And I kind of mean it in a positive way. That's <laughs> good. I like that. Uh, so this movie was made with the idea that it was going to come out in theaters. But I think this reminds me of our conversation around the time when we discussed Walter Hill's Undisputed we were kind of heading into a time in which movies that were not slickly packaged, slickly told, slickly told stories, they just did not kind of know what to do with in a theatrical setting anymore. And like Undisputed, this one is goofy and wild, but this one takes even bigger swings. Is there, so, is there a rat bag character? Um, no, but there is a extensive serial killer subplot. Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, and um, Louis Guzman is a gay porn producer in it wow. as well, whose name is Million Dollar Mendez, by the way. Uh, oh, and Wesley Snipes uh, escapes Hurricane Katrina in kind of the cold open. <laughs> so, <laughs> this movie was directed directed by Mario Van Peebles, written by Larry Brand and Mario Van Peebles. Uh, this movie stars, of course, Wesley Snipes as the titular Lucky. That's his character name in this film. Um, Jacqueline Quinoas, or Quinoas, pardon me, Jacqueline, uh, who plays Angela. Um, Sybil Shepard is in this movie, as is James Liao. We will get to both of them momentarily. Uh, Bill Cobbs returns for New Jack City fame for one scene. Um, Mario Van Peebles is again 
the only good cop on the force in this film. <laughs> He's acting in his role, and his dad shows up for a one scene, scene uh, cameo as a hospital prophet. So, uh, set and filmed in Rhode Island, um, over 56 days they shot in 2005. Um, I don't, it, it was budgeted at $12 million. This was uh, Mario's follow up to Badass. The story of his father and the making of his father's movie, um, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, which arguably outside of New Jack City is probably Mario's most acclaimed movie. So it was coming off of a hit for him. So this was, but, so, okay. I'm just going to run down this story for you right now. Wesley Snipes is lucky. He is a former criminal and drug kingpin who has been in, who was in prison. He learned how to read a lot of classic books. He watched a lot of classic movies. And guess what? He fell in love with his caseworker. They get married. Whoa. <laughs> he, he's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of the big city. And I'm going to start a life anew. So he and his caseworker, whose name I don't remember because... Um, <laughs> get to that in a moment it doesn't matter um, oh, no. <laughs> um, he ends up they move down south and he gets a dog and um she can't because she can't have a baby starts a new life um but shortly after his release from prison tries to get back on his feet but as according as wikipedia says inexplicably ends up a victim of Hurricane Katrina's wrath and loses his entire newly found wife. Inexplicably. <laughs> He's like Job. So he, go, yeah, so he, um, because he goes to the hospital because he needs to have um, surgery, like a minor surgery, and he wakes up in the hospital and it's totally flooded and the only survivor is Melvin Van Peebles. And he goes back to his old house. His house is flooded. And he's, they don't say what happens to his wife and his dog, but it doesn't seem like things went well. And so he's back in New York City. Um, so this is like Rhode Island pretending to be New York. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, he goes back to New York City and he's hustling because he has a new dream, which is, of course, to start a, um, uh, uh, classes in yoga and samba dance classes to keep kids off the street. Of course, yeah, but uh, government withdraws funding for that, unfortunately. So Lucky is just like, and there's voiceover where he talks a lot, of course, a lot about luck, what goes into being an unlucky guy and that kind of thing. So he ends up meeting up with some old friends from his past life as a criminal, of course, um, who are trying to be big hustlers. He goes to a strip club. Um, where for for a birthday but it turns out it's a drug deal oh, no. there's a stripper there named angela who um him and her and her and wesley you know kind of eyeing each other she's 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 a very pretty young lady played by jacqueline um keen uh Quinones. i'm sorry jacqueline I, I i can't i'm not pronouncing your name right and i you don't have a wikipedia page even um but um they're, they're seeing eye to eye. They go upstairs. Turns out they're going to do this big deal, this drug deal. Wesley doesn't want a piece of it. 
all hell breaks loose. Guns are drawn. Everybody starts shooting each other. Wesley steals both cases of money. He doesn't shoot anyone, but he's like, and he does it in a voiceover. He goes, sometimes in life, you just got to do what you got to do. And boom, he grabs it. He jumps out the window. And simultaneously, um, Angela is going out to her, of course, 1960s classic Mustang um, to get in. Because I think the action boys, we have to give them credit for this, were the ones to note that pretty much every one of these movies, the lead actor has to end up driving. <laughs> like a classic car at some point yeah like yeah like that is just like a cool guy action movie dude trope um so he gets in there's a car chase she's screaming i'm like what the fuck are you you on crack just all sorts of crazy stuff um he's like no lady i'm just you know i'm lucky i don't know so so they get away and he like kind of takes her hostage and they end up in this hotel with the money and stuff like that. And he's like, the only way I know you're not going to run away is if you get naked. Don't worry, I'm not going to sleep with you. But so he makes and she's like naked, like for five, ten minutes of this movie, because he's like, that's the only way I can trust you. I'm like, OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the power of nudity. <laughs> Yeah, that's just to, to, yeah. to solidify our friendship. So, meanwhile, there we've got we meet our characters Chang and Cass, who are a couple who are also known as the Sawtooth Killers, <laughs> who are running who are picking people up buffalo bill style from diners in their van and then running saw like torture schemes on these people just out of curiosity how far are we into the movie at this point oh it's back and forth from nearly the start of this movie and you're like okay somehow we're going to these stories are going to collide this is strange though yeah so we're we're devote a lot of time to these two people Sybil Shepherd is inexplicably like playing this lunatic housewife serial killer. Um, there's a part where they strap a, um, a funnel to a person's mouth and drop a rat into the funnel. Oh, that's not cool. Yeah, it's wild. And it's all shot in really like, you got to hand it to MVP. He's doing crazy camera work. And I think he saw the Saw movies and is doing all kind of their their stuff um okay yeah so um they discover that the money the five hundred thousand dollars that snipe took is marked wired with some of that dye stuff you know that if you open the case it explodes we've seen this in movies before a few times as well which means guess what that drug deal there were cops in on it. It was a bus. It was a sting. Somebody was a narc. Which brings us to our third character, Mario Van Peebles, who is investigating the dirty cops, of course. We meet him talking to one of the dirty cops while um, intimidating him while riding a bicycle around him. In a throwback to Mario Van Peebles showing up to another issue and while wearing a baby Bjorn. <laughs> he's got to be doing something he tells the cops um we're gonna get lucky 
I'm not going to do anything, but you guys are out. You guys got to retire now with your full pensions. And they're like, fine. But the cops, so then Snipes needs help to get the wire out of the money. And the only person he knows to go to is, of course, um, million dollar Mendez, Louis Guzman, who's shooting porn at his place. He try, Louis, of course, tries to get Angela involved because he thinks she's a babe and she's she's like i don't know louis <laughs> but the second they leave louis calls the cops and he's like yeah he was just here like everyone's and so those cops show up meanwhile angela and lucky have really bec- of course developed a bit of a bond together so she and him she's like what are we gonna do they become kind of a team and stuff like that so they end up in this like barn they kind of they're gonna play checkers together we think that they're gonna maybe like maybe they're gonna hit it off maybe these two kids patrick they might have a chance but those cops those dirty cops show up and start shooting up the joint angela's hit not I know, not ser- not like in a um, she's gonna die kind of way, but in a I'm now incapacitated kind of way. Uh, luckily, of course, and you another another Wesley Snipes trope I love. Is he really good with a gun, and does he know martial arts? Yeah, yeah, he of course he does. Yeah, so he he yeah, spoiler alert he dispatches all these guys with relative ease, uh, but he needs to get help. They don't have a car. Angela's been hit. They can't go to a hospital. Um, I should mention that one of the suitcases Angela opened up earlier and they got blasted with purple dye. Uh, money ruined. Yeah, uh, they have like good times still there. Yeah, yeah. The Safties saw that and they were like, oh, yeah. Um, they had to go to a Rite Aid and buy some dishwashing soap for themselves. It's a very funny scene where they're covered in purple. Um, super funny. Um, so Snipes has to go to the neighbors to see if he can get, like, use their phone okay. to call for help. Guess who the neighbors are to this place in the rural country? Oh, it's the damn sawtooth killers is the neighbors, no! Patrick. What are the and odds? What are the odds? So <laughs> meanwhile, if this wasn't enough, the sawtooth killers have picked up as their latest victim simultaneously a mixed martial artist and his girlfriend slash manager who he's getting ready for one last fight. Yeah. yeah. So she's strapped in the saw chair. They've already killed her boyfriend, the mixed martial artist. Snipes is at the door. Snipes gets knocked upside the head. He gets strapped into the saw chair. Oh, no. Meanwhile, there's a tracking device in the money. Guess who's on it? Mario is on the tracking device. He shows up at the house where Angela is. He picks up Angela. Angela's pissed because Snipe said he was going to come back and she feels very betrayed by him because they thought that she thought they were a team. They they hit the road because Angela needs a um she still needs a medic because remember she was shot. Then so there Snipes is in the saw chair next to the gal who is the mixed martial arts manager. <laughs> um, Sybil Shepherd is dressed like a housewife while Chang is showing off his martial arts skills while wearing a Lucha Libre mask. Um, Snipes gets kicked a couple times by him. 
and Snipes laughs and he goes, you know, you're pulling your punches. You're not doing them right. <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy's like, what? And I'm like, I know because I know Snipes knows Mark. I'm like, we know. He knows about, we, he knows a thing or two about punches and kicks. <laughs> so I should also mention the reason Sybil Shepherd is um, one of these sawtooth killers. What drove her over the edge, she has a special needs son who got made fun of all the time. So she's um, <sighs> getting revenge against society for what? making fun of her, her, her son, who's also, um, we've met him already and he's huge. This comes into play. He's a giant boy. Um, yeah, he's a big boy. And where did Chang and Cass meet? God only knows to start this serial killing boyfriend girlfriend operation. Yeah, they're oh, they're way into it because, uh, yeah. as in like a lot of these movies, what starts off as like a um, we're doing this because we're upset with society has just turned into thrill killing, and it's like they film oh. everything and everything, of course, they cut they have to yell cut a lot there because we never know like what their end game is for their art in their serial killing uh but they've got costumes it's elaborate um kind of like it's kind of like people who like you know it's like how in college i used to like say bro ironically mm -hmm. a bit but then after a while if you say bro too much you just start start saying bro like unironically. yeah it's like it's like that but with murder <laughs> in, a, in a way yeah and it's not like you gotta hand it to the saw guy because he has a real like clear plan in what he does <laughs> you don't get a little puppet on a Segway without having a plan no I mean you know either. when he says do you want to play a game he means it yeah, he's, got <laughs> he's got a game set up it's elaborate it's gonna be it's gonna be gross <laughs> I need to test my Rube Goldberg <laughs> I know I've got all these cool like these like helmets that really do dastardly things <laughs> yeah <laughs> all these kids yeah, they got pins, they got razor blades. It's gross. Um, but, you know, they gotta, we gotta test them. So, um, anyway, Snipes is strapped to the chair. Snipes tells the lady who's also in the chair, if I get him to kick me one more time, I think I can break out. But he's also told them he has money in the truck. And he'll pay him. He'll give him the case. So... Snipes gets the guy to kick him one more time. Snipes comes up on the floor. They have the sawtooth killers have gone outside and gotten the second case. They don't know though that that dye pack is in the case. So Sybil Shepherd opens the case up. Boom! She gets blasted with purple dye. Snipes breaks free. He beats the hell out of uh, Chang. He lets the gal go, and. Um, the gal grabs a knife. She gets over purple Sybil Shepherd, and she and she goes and Sybil Shepherd goes. What do you think I'm gonna do? Cry? And the gal goes, No, bitch, you're gonna scream. And she starts stabbing Sybil Shepherd, and she does. And meanwhile, Snipes is like breaking the dude's arm. He's like snap. He's snapping. Snaps. Chang. Like it's they kick their asses. They kill them both. So they kick. So. Fire with fire situation yeah and so snipes grabs the phone he gives mario van peebles a call he goes i think i have something you want i got the sawtooth killers yeah! 
so Mario shows up with Angela, who's pissed. She's like, I thought you left. He's like, man, long story, Angela. <laughs> and they, they're like, and Mario Van Peebles is like, so what are we going to do about this? Just then, Sybil Shepherd's huge son crashes into the room, starts beating up Mario. No. <laughs> Mario puts him in a, like a headlock thing. They're they're going to the nail. Oh. Snipes grabs like a wrench and just bashes the kid in the in the head with it, saving Mario. And Mario is like, I think we're even. We'll drop the charges against yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they. Snipes and Angela are getting wheeled out. They've kissed. They're holding hands on separate stretchers. And Snipes goes, maybe you do get lucky because we collected the $200,000 reward for the Sawtooth Killers. Yeah, I can open up my yoga studio. Exactly. They get set up into ambulances, cue the upbeat hip-hop music, and then over the credits, do we get a montage of everything that just happened? Yes. <laughs> this movie is crazy it had twists and turns it's over directed it's melodramatic it's 1000 percent sincere in everything it does there's nothing ironic or meta about it the only thing that does happen that's so funny is when the kid bunches in at the end to beat up mario they cut to wesley snipes who like turns his head back and rolls his eyes like more shit Yeah, I did the same thing because I was like, more shit in this movie. Um, that's hard luck, Patrick. Uh, I'm happy I watched this movie. This movie was bonkers. There was all sorts of crazy stuff happened. Um, Wesley Snipes is having fun in it, too. He's not playing like weird hard ass. He's playing like he's kind of funny he's he has good chemistry with this gal angela who i like this actress i've never seen her in anything else but she was fun in this movie um the two serial killers are having the time of their life that's so much is like having she never gets to play a role like that ever I I, yeah and then oh I, I should mention too in the montage at the end we even get clips of the love story of the mixed martial artist and his girlfriend. God, there's like lore. There's backup lore. They shot so much, I think, in this movie. I think they really they shot a ton. Of, this movie probably could have been like three hours long with the amount of character stuff MVP threw into this thing. Um, it's a wild movie, but it's actually a real movie. They're trying to do something. It is not a cash-in at all. He was trying to make like it's definitely an exploitation movie of kind of the classical in the classical sense oh, <laughs> of like dealing with like oh we got saw like in the classical sense of like exploitation filmmakers like oh um the saw movie's really successful we gotta throw that in does it <laughs> like, feel like the type of movie that would like say like if this movie was released in the 70s it would have been like a double feature at your local drive-in with crime cut <sighs> Yeah, or um, yeah, like Prime Cut, or like, yeah, it would have just like it because I think there is like the thing we noticed in New Jack City, it's the same thing in this, although I think New Jack City had grander aspirations. But Mario's like balancing act between um, sincere melodramatic filmmaking and just like exciting 
exploitation-y action and yeah, stuff. Like total bonkers. Like, yeah, like a world where, like, you know, there's real stakes, and yet, you know, characters can jump 50 feet and be fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything that he just thinks is neat and exciting goes into these movies. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> And I and I love that he always plays like the good cop, the moral guy, <laughs> in, in both movies. Yeah, who like reason. he's like I don't like dirty cops, and I don't like do, and I don't like drug dealers. I want to keep both off the streets. <laughs> it's like good, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> I agree. What r- 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 rattles me the most, freaking serial killers with weird names. <laughs> I oh my god, it is just the like. It is nuts. Truly, um, truly a nutty movie. And it, there is like this element too of like almost like a one crazy night <laughs> kind of movie where it's just like, boy, can you, I, uh, my friends are not going to believe this one. <laughs> like <laughs> what happens to them in this movie? And it is, you know, it's, I don't know if it's like a, um, I don't know if it's like a good movie, but it's a super fun movie that everyone like tried their best at. I think Wesley Snipes clearly likes working with Mario Van Peebles because I think Mario Van Peebles like lets him be a real person in these movies in a sense or lets him just kind of be himself in a way. Um, yeah, it's a it's a goofy movie, but in the right ways, like in the right ways. And it's on Amazon streaming right now for free. So, uh, okay. oh, it's in there, Prime. If you're a Prime member, I, I know that's not free, but, um, but like, it's yeah, no, that's like if you're a Prime, I didn't know that, like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's sitting there, it's sitting there right there, uh, waiting for, for our listeners to have a strange Friday night and watch this movie. Yeah, okay. And I might be like, I might be being kind. I went to a concert last night, we were out super late, I'm semi hungover. I threw this on before we started. I watched the entire thing and I was like, you know, I'm being charitable. It was like yesterday. I wasn't feeling well. I woke up with a splitting headache from because I was dehydrated because our house is super hot right now. And I watched the three hour new Batman movie and I was charitable to it. I watched it at five in the morning and I was like, you know, okay, this is the right time to do this thing. Yeah. I feel you. It's like, yeah, no, do the, okay, folks, do the Academy Academy Challenge. Uh, go to your basement. I know you have like a little a man cave. If you're listening to the Academy Academy, go into your man cave. Uh, get your Roku out. Watch Thursday's game followed by Hard Luck. That's the Academy Academy double feature of the week. Go on YouTube. That's the Academy Academy guarantee. What are we guaranteeing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like there are movies that exist and that's kind of cool. Like it's crazy that these happen. <laughs> Every I think a every movie is a miracle that yeah that's our t-shirt every movie is a miracle <laughs> like and we're, we're we're here we are um much like in the new batman movie which is all about orphanages that work and don't work yeah. some work for orphans like bruce wayne others are not don't go so well for orphans like the riddler mm, um yeah. we are bringing in the thursday's games of the world we are bringing in dom deloise's 
directorial debut and only yeah. directorial film hot stuff which i watched on youtube as well <laughs> we're bringing in uh, that movie joan rivers directed that was like a proto junior with billy crystal mm -hmm. if there is a if there is a movie that came out in the 1980s in which the male lead goes jogging while wearing a pair of jeans <laughs> we're bringing we want that those are the kind of movies we're looking for. <laughs> who has like seven like vaguely Eastern European named kids. <laughs> the the author authors of world, the streets of gold of the world. <laughs> yes. You're, you give me I, the streets of gold, your your author authors. Did uh did the lead actor of this movie get nominated for best supporting actor one year and then was given a shot? at being the lead in a movie the next year. Didn't really work, but it exists. We'll watch that movie. <laughs> 100%. It's our bread and butter. Oh, those are our bread and butters. And Hard Luck is a fringe direct-to-DVD movie because it is clearly not a, like, Bulgarian action cash-in movie. Nice. This was... They were attempting something here. Um, it's so bonkers that... You know, <laughs> I think yeah, I don't know if it worked for everybody, but uh, I I had a good time while I watched Hard Luck. Like, I don't think it was like it didn't depress me. It didn't feel like didn't even feel like Snipes was slumming. It felt like everybody was having a good time. OK, so I just looked it up on the actual Rotten Tomatoes website as well. It has a 24 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the only the uh, the review I there's one actually, and I think that twenty four percent was for one review, which gave it one and a half out of four stars. David Nusser from Real Film Reviews he said a ridiculously overblown and borderline incoherent mess that possesses virtually no positive attributes. God damn, dude! <laughs> That's like the Billy Madison scene, like. <laughs> What you've said is gibberish. Our lives are worse for having heard it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> yeah, I'm, putting you, I'm putting you in the undisputed jail. Have fun, and, have fun making a popsicle stick Eiffel Tower. And maybe I'm feeling uh, more charitable this morning. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm flying high. It's Sunday morning. We're, we're alive. I mean, you know what? Hard luck has a 2.5 out of 5 on... Um, uh letterbox which isn't like it's bad that's pretty bad for letterbox but it's not but i'll say this better than uh my movie gallo walkers which on letterbox yes. has a 1.7 Ooh. Ooh. i don't think you know we can we can move into your movie then we can kind of sum up some of this stuff in a moment but um <laughs> i don't I don't think you had as much of an enjoyable time with your oh, movie. Yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about Gallo, Gallo Plotters, Gallo Walkers. Gallo Walkers, yeah, Gallo Plotters, Planters, uh, <laughs> <Potted laughs> um, yeah. yeah, Gallo Walkers is a little film directed by a Andrew, uh, a one Andrew Goff. Uh, production started in two thousand six, did not get released partially due to Snipes' sex tax issues and subsequent imprisonment 
Hashtag uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hashtag free Wesley. He's been out of jail for many years. <laughs> Spiritually, free Wesley. Uh, Spiritually, yes. Uh, uh, but uh, but due to these um, tax issues and you know reshoots that need to be done, it didn't get released until 2012. Um, the budget was 17 million dollars. Jeez. To the film's credit, like. You get a little bit of it. There's like some pretty interesting moments. There's some cool like tech stuff happening. Um, it's a pretty inscrutable film experience. It's a it's difficult. The log line. I'll tell you what. There's a certain point in the movie to give you an idea of how confusing this movie is. There's <laughs> a certain point where like Wesley Snipes' character gives a monologue that like sums up the film up to where he's at. Because like, oh, <laughs> we needed that. Yeah, 100%. We 100% needed it. Because it just seems like a series of disparate scenes set in the <laughs> desert. It's like this film was direct. It was like this guy, um, the guy directed it. He watched like Spaghetti Westerns and El Topo and Mad Max and was like, I'm going to take all these things and fuse them into one crazy thing and it's going to be sick. Um, and to the film's credit, like, I will say the first 10 minutes are fun. I almost texted you and was like, we may have found a fun movie. Because uh, in the first 10 minutes, we get a part that feels straight out of a Yodorowsky movie where, like, this guy with, like, a weird neck brace is walking in the desert. He's on a train track. Suddenly, this dude comes out of um, this dude. Uh, there's, like, four guys. And three of them are wearing weird red, like insane red uh, cowboy outfits. They're like these long, like they all have like long dusters that are like red. They have red hats. And one of these guys also has his like, it's insane because his mouth is sewed shut, but he's like talking through it still. It's very weird. It's like, I don't know the point of why, but it looks cool, I guess. He has a sewed shut <laughs> mouth. And so they're, um, <laughs> in the desert i don't even know why they're like talking i think they're like oh where's the guy where's i think uh i think you know they're talking about something that happened in the past something unimportant out of nowhere everyone gets shot like you know people are getting shot left and right you realize the person shooting oh it's wesley snipes his name is aman what does aman sound like a man yeah, uh, and you realize in this moment that holy shit, Wesley Snipes is basically the saint of killers from from Preacher. Like that's like okay, he's like, he's like a cowboy with perfect shots who can like kill anyone. But then he <laughs> walks up to the guy with the um the the stitches on his mouth. He goes up to him. He puts his hand in his back. The guy screams. It hurts so much. He like he straight up puts his hand in his back. The guy screams so loudly that he breaks the stitches on his mouth. Like he rips the skin. He's like, ah! And then he rips the dude's spine and head out. This <laughs> happens 10 minutes into the movie. He rips the guy's spine and head out. It's a really, really gory. It's not super gory, but it's insane because up to this point, you're like, okay, Wesley Snipes is a normal man. And then he rips out this dude's spine and head with oh his bare hand, with one hand. It's like fucking Will. It's like MacGruber with necks. It's crazy. 
And so that was the point where I was like, oh, this might be a good movie. I was kind of like, this, this is like oh the rest of the movie. If it's just nonstop this, oh, I'm in. But unfortunately, it like kind of meanders. Um, we then go to like a small town. Like the world's kind of religious, but not. Um, there's something said in the beginning about uh, uh, there's a gateway between heaven and hell and a sacred sisterhood protects this portal with prayer. We never see the sacred sisterhood. That's never. <laughs> Maybe the sisterhood's long gone. I don't know. But there is like a portal between heaven and hell. I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, that's always good to know that in this weird Western town, there's a weird, it's like a, it's like a classic blade situation where apparently Los Angeles was built on an ancient vampire uh-huh. grave. So I guess like this part of the Wild West just happens to have like the gateway to like Christian heaven and hell. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm in. Um, we cut to like a small town where they're having an execution. Um, bandits come into this town, but they're like weird bandits because one of them is like straight up he goes into like a clothing there's like this really foppish clothing store it's almost like this small cowboy town is like the wild west version of the small town with no spice from uh julie newmar it's kind of like that it's like like a little bit like that set kind of but in like a wild west desert setting because it even has like a weird like cowboy thrift store there's like a clothing store in the middle of this town it's one of the businesses and the person at the clothing store you guessed it it's a dude without skin just like oh. muscle and yeah okay <laughs> so you're watching this and you're like what am i watching this is crazy and the dude's <laughs> like you know you know the guy who's like give offering him clothes is like have you found what you like and the guy's like hmm, i think so and then his like crazy girlfriend shoots that dude skins the guy that was just shot and then the other dude ends up wearing his skin. And he figured out, oh, this guy's a gallow walker. Oh. Hey, oh, that's oh. what a gallow walker is. So you find and so what happens is um they're all in this town. I forget why they're all there. They're like, there's no real reason for why these bad guys are here, the demon people or whatever, these gallow walkers. Um <laughs> but then like again, Wesley Snipes does like crazy Saint of Killers shots, just shoots a million guys. They're all, you know, they all like uh, the baddies kind of disperse. He saves like one dude because like, the thing too is in this town, there's a bunch of like prisoners and they're going to be hung. And so he saves like, um, he saves like one of the prisoners that's about to be hanged, hung, and is like, You're with me, I need your help. And so, like, God, like 45 <laughs> minutes into the movie, you realize Jeez. this is like, this is what happens. This is the problem with the movie is you don't understand what's happening until literally there's like 30 minutes left. Because oh basically God. the premise is that, and it's a cool premise. Here's the thing. I like the premise is that uh, Wesley Snipes is like this uh, cursed, he was like the son of a nun that like, uh, rejected her reneged on her like nunly vows (laughs) then he like ends up i forget he ends up at this like slaughterhouse he like escapes uh damnation or something ends up at the slaughterhouse falls in love with a girl that works at the slaughterhouse uh but then like the people that are like the mutants in this movie the gala walkers if you will they like came to this house and like they um do some really uh, distressing stuff to the person that Wesley Snipes loves. Mm-hmm. And Wesley Snipes like kills them all in rage. 
And then Wesley Snipes himself, I believe, is killed. And so then his mom at the slaughterhouse, like the person that raises him at the slaughterhouse, he, he makes a deal with the devil. The devil, he's like, devil, please save my son. Here's my review. Should have tried angels first. I bet if you can talk to the devil, maybe you can talk to an angel. I don't know. But like, I guess- Get the, get the, get the angels on the phone. Yeah, get the angels on the phone. But she's in the desert and she's like, and uh, she's like talking to the devil and it's straight up is just evil devil voice. He's like, I'll save your son. But heed my warning, uh, as I bring him to life, so shall all the people that he killed in the past. Which is like, that's a fun fucking hook. That's like a good mm. idea for, for So like, she like, and she has to give her, her life. So like, she dies so he can live. And then the devilish twist is that like, all the people that he killed in that far, in the farm that killed the person he loved comes back too. Okay. And, and so... The thing about them Ooh, is that's because, twisted. No, it's twisted like a Joker, sir. It's twisted. Yeah, that's very Joker. Very, very Joker. Very. Apparently, this was written by Colin Farrell as the Penguin in character. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he strikes me as a guy in that movie. Not to get too off topic, who does have a screenplay in his desk? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's. <laughs> There's definitely scenes where he's like funneling papers, and those papers he bet have his lines. Yeah, he's very like Christopher with his Cleaver screenplay <laughs> in The Sopranos. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh man. Oh, that's, I love the idea. They should just have a straight up, they should just have a, a, a spinoff where it's like Penguin goes to Hollywood and he's like, hey, I got my wise guy movie. <laughs> the Marones, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, like, yeah, so you find out that like basically what happened is the, the basically at like the 45 minute mark, you realize he saved this like criminal from getting murdered by these people. So he could have someone shoot the people he can't kill. Because <laughs> if he kills them again, if he shoots them again, they just come back to life. So he can't, so he needs another guy to help him kill these guys, basically. <laughs> and so this guy is like okay i guess i'm like your captive or whatever and so he just kind of agrees to help i don't know um there's one baddie there's like two there's two like kind of like baddies that stand out uh one is named skull bucket and he's voiced by diamond dallas page and he i was like, gonna ask what is um yeah how is diamond dallas page in the picture uh, he's under a weird he has a weird hat like he looks like lord humongous kind of from Mad Max he has like a crazy head and so uh you don't really get to see much of him he just does a lot of like he's just a big guy running around he's just a yeah. big guy uh and then there's another guy I cannot remember I think it's Jonathan Garcia's Slipknot I can't be wrong I could be wrong so like the thing about demons is they need new skin every week roughly because it like because it, it, it rots on them or something so they have to like find a guy and skin them every week basically okay which is like yeah that's like the fun little like quirk of demons it's kind of like how i have to I, I i think it this is a time for me to be brave and announce to the world um oh, i have this condition too i have to i have to skin i have to skin people once a week to you know i'm a, I'm a I'm patrick i'm a father i have to be there for my kid <laughs> i know yeah you were like I respect you for like you always go for white guys. You're not like mm-hmm. you go to and like you, although like one time you were like redheaded and I was like, oh, that's I mean, color, Don. yeah, I got a bit too. Uh, Adam, 
you know, he said he had COVID because he was off of our team, you know, yeah. we had to miss it there, you know, he'd, he had uh, been around people with COVID. Uh, it was because I, I, I skins, I, I, I'm wearing Adam as a skin suit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, you're not, I thought we were, uh, you joined the podcast. What? Wait, what? Oh, no. <laughs> Heavens to the best of us. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> yeah, that's why our D and D games have gotten a little more convoluted lately. Uh, yeah, yeah, you took up a lot of responsibilities when you took up skin. Um, what was I gonna say? Here we go. Uh, skin suit. Skin suit. Oh yeah, but then there's another guy named Slipknot, and his or it's either Slipknot or Hole. There's like four guys that suck, and then there's this one dude named Slipknot. We're like, his thing is, is he has this human skin. You know, it goes over. Uh, it takes a week. But he learned that lizard skin, if you do lizard skin instead, that'll last a month. Oh, so cool. He has lizard That's skin. That's a hack. Yeah, it's a hack. It's a life hack. Life <laughs> hack. If you go on the Gallo Walker's <laughs> life hack page, <laughs> some dude wrote that up. But uh, his thing is, and so like inexplicably, part of his thing, he must have like took, taken like two iguana butts and put them on his head because he has like two little head tails. He has like two, and it's like, why I keep the tails? This is very weird. I mean, I guess it's festive. I don't know. It's a fun choice. I don't, I'll it's festive. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they fight these guys. They like end up like Wesley Snipes goes back to the slaughterhouse that he was like raised in, um, <laughs> with his like criminal guy he just saved. The baddies come to this place. There's like a fight. Um. I think they like they kill a couple of them. Uh, the guy who's helping Wesley Snipes gets injured. So what Wesley okay. does is he kills him. He shoots him, and then he wakes up, and, he, and then he wakes up and comes back to life because anyone Wesley shoots comes back to life. And he's like, "You shot me! I'm so pissed!" And he's about to shoot Wesley Snipes, but Wesley Snipes is like, "I took out your bullets." Because people usually, when they wake up after being killed, they're kind of mad. Uh, no. Like, yeah, that's an observation. Wesley. Not, <laughs> good call, Wesley. Yeah, good call. He's done this before, yeah. He's definitely killed a couple guys and they come back. Um, and then um, they end up going to Skull Mountain, I think is the name of it, which is like where the portal is. So, yeah, it's literally Skull Mountain. And then like Wesley Snipes starts killing people. And then like this is where like the movie kind of like just doesn't care anymore. It's like, you know what? You can kill people for real now. It's fine. And then also there's like a lady like kind of like um uh, I think she's like uh, like a, a courtesan or something but it's not super clear and she's uh, I guess like just the damsel in distress the movie needs but she's so like on the sidelines and has so little like to do that you just she just sort of fades out from existence. I can't even remember if like Wesley kisses her in the end or if, I don't even think there's like any love between them. I think she's just kind of like there or around. Uh, but Wesley um, ultimately ends up killing all the baddies. Um, and then like this like guy that he like, you know, this this guy who he killed and came back to life as criminal, he, um, whose name I think is Fabulous. 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 I'm looking at. Yeah. They, 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 they um, they kill the baddie. Oh, I think they destroy their heads. That's what you have to do. Is you have to destroy the heads of the demons, which they don't make clear. But like, because like when he pulls out the spine and the head, it's still kind of moving around a bit. So when you destroy the head, it's it's like zombie rules, I guess. Okay. 
Um, and so they they kill the baddies on top of Skull Mountain, and then I guess like the lady angel uh, ha- ends up becoming she gets paired up with Fabulous and <laughs> cut cut smash cut to credits. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, this movie was kind of a it's 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 frustrating because the first ten min- minutes of this film are so fun. Like you're genuinely like okay, Wesley Snipes just like pulled out a guy's skull and head with his hand. I am. I am in for a treat. This movie's going to be stupid but good. But it just, like, it runs out of steam so quickly. And it just, like, it's just, like... It's, That's too bad. It's a bummer. It sucks because there's, like, cool moments in it. And, like, and I imagine, like, this movie went through so much, like, so many issues. Like, I think at one point it was actually going to start Chow Young Fat. Yeah, I saw that on the Wikipedia page here. Yeah, and then uh, he like probably pulled out. It was almost as if he sensed, like, uh, like, oh, this might not be the best uh, film. Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's not like, you know, maybe if I was in a more um, charitable mood, I'd mm-hmm. say it was kind of like, um, you know, an amiable time passer or like. It's try. I, I will give it this. It's trying to do something and trying to be. I think part of it too is that it's so self serious about yeah. the silliest stuff, and you just wish this movie either took itself a little less seriously, or if it was going to be this self serious, like commit to like telling a coherent narrative because like you you straight up like you straight up don't understand what's happening until Wesley <laughs> Snipes just like lays out his life for you like at minute forty seven or whatever. And that's uh, what a gal, and that, my friends, is a gala walker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what they call a gala walker. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's so funny when they like, in like, it's straight up like a five minute monologue in the middle of the movie, and the camera is like spinning around Wesley Snipes saying it, like him in Jungle Fever when he's getting interviewed uh-huh. uh, by uh, Brad Dourif and uh, <laughs> Tim uh, Robbins. And Tim Ro- it's like that like camera move is being used as he's like saying his insane life origin story. <laughs> Very bizarre. I see one of the reviews uh, Scott Weinberg of Fearnet wrote, it would take a team of veteran film critics working around the clock to catalog all the things that are wrong with this outrageously goofy movie. Gala Walkers is funnier by accident than Adam Sandler is on purpose. Ooh, backhanded slap there on all sides really? to a lot of different things. I need to see Happy Gilmore, my man. Yeah, yeah. take a look at the film Click. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a little movie called Mr. Deeds we need to watch. Here, yeah, it's really funny. He's um, His uh, fast food of choice in that is uh, Wendy's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wendy's. As, as opposed to Little Nicky where his fast food of choice is Papa. And uh, Subway, of course, and um, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Chili's and Jack and Jill. I can't. I, can't I think so, yeah, but um, don't do that, Sam. Don't, don't, don't do that, to Sandler. Do Come that. on, lesson learned. Don't do that yeah, to Sandler. Take, take his name out of your out of your mouth. Don't you take the Lord's name in vain that way. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch that basketball movie. That I do too. I uh, hustle. It's on my list. For sure. I watched the trailer and I was like, excited about that one. It I'll seems like uh, Sandler's in his mid-range mode on that one. I looked on Letterboxd for that and it was like 3.6. That's like good for a Sandler movie. That's but like... apparently it's um, quite satisfying. Like as a sports movie and kind of a inspirational type movie. So I'm excited to see it. LeBron James produced it too. Man. 
So, I mean, what did we learn, though? What did we learn about uh, the straight-to-DVD era of Wesley Snipes? I mean, should it, it was it, it should never have come to this, I guess. I think it's, that's true. It's like, um, well, and it's um, it's interesting because we're kind of this is like where we see the end of it demonstrates how difficult it is to get a film and see. I feel like there was a time where like everything like a in spite of its quality was released in, in, spite, in spite of or despite its quality was released in the theaters. It would have to be a really messy disaster. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think because yeah, I think both these movies based on what it sounds like a decade earlier probably would have gotten a cursory theatrical mm-hmm. release. Yes. Even Gallo Walkers. Honestly, I mean, and it's like, and it's not like I will, to Gallow Walker's credit, like, it looks like, you know, 17, like, you see the $17 million budget, mm-hmm. like, not in a, I'm not saying that in, like, a, like, a, like, the movie doesn't, it feels like, for what it is, it doesn't feel super cheap. Like, it, it, I could see this being released in theaters, and I wouldn't, like, bat too much of an eye at it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe we didn't watch the um, the ones where you know the Seagal sitting in a chair, yeah, type ones, which I think exist because I'm looking at one from 2017 called "Armed Response" from WWE Super uh, Studios, mm-hmm. <laughs> a collaboration between WWE Studios and, of course, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Um, Kind of wish I had watched this one too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there is a part of me that's like, man, maybe I, we should go back and watch like fucking uh, like the Marksman or something. Yeah, we didn't we didn't watch any movies where he's like just kind of blandly holding like an automatic weapon. Yeah, on the cover. Like, with like a with a bland title like armed response or the marksman or the detonator or you know the contractor or yeah. like any of those movies that are like yeah he's like an agent behind enemy lines kind of movies or something like that yeah that was clearly like yeah movies clearly made under duress in deepest bulgaria yeah, yeah. i my my favorite one is the i mean i know we've talked about how he's having health problems and we wish Bruce the best but he was in a movie called Out of Death which is my favorite title of any of these movies oh gosh guys I gotta run to the I gotta run to Ralph's we're out of death (laughs) (laughs) make sure make sure you pick up the organic out of death (laughs) that is definitely like uh, I don't know what the hell that means uh, at all, it doesn't make any sense to me. You can just hear, feel the, the the brain addled like screenwriters who you know the, the same three or four guys that they get for these movies, like yeah, it's like oh okay we we've, we've done four deaths we've done death come like we gotta think what's another one with death we gotta do this time for death oh no that that see just- you later death. <laughs> Death back at you. No, 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 no. Stupid. Death again. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, out of death. There it is. 
so yeah yeah i mean like at least like with gala walkers where you show me you're watching that i was like oh that that that's a curious title (laughs) yeah i mean like yeah my um my my positive thing i'll say about it is like it's weird and unique and it's trying something i think um i I don't know maybe this is us kind of being um little kind of picking our spot a little bit here but i think we went with ones where he, we purposely were looking for things where he wasn't sleepwalking through yeah. the movie like working with his old friend mario van peebles in particular i had a feeling he wasn't going to be like half-assing mm-hmm. this one i mean the script is the script also did you know that mario van peebles directed the um uss indianapolis movie with nicholas cage no <laughs> we're there <laughs> You know, the uh, the sharks in the water uh, story from Jaws oh, that Quint tells. Yes, I do know about this. Okay, I have a story about that where um, my friend uh, uh, Jason used to work um, at an AMC in Houston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Jason, Jason's a great guy. Um, he, uh, and apparently, like I think like Matt Lanter, who was an actor in that movie, he's mm-hmm. from Houston. And his father came to see, he's like, ah, my son's in this movie. And he was like the one of like three people that bought tickets to see that movie <laughs> in like the, the two months it was in theaters or whatever. <laughs> so like it was, it was a stinker apparently. Had a $40 million budget mm-hmm. and it made $1.6 at the box office. Yeah, that was like a Heim Savan thing too. Yeah. That feels like it's one of those things where like feels like a movie we should watch. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It seems although yeah, 100, 130 it's, minutes too. It's 130 minutes long. Jesus Christ. Well, it has like Tom Sizemore, Thomas Jane, Nicholas Cage. James Remar, Nicholas Cage. Um yeah, I mean, you know, people That's we've like- who we've who we've have enjoyed in the past on this show. Not gonna lie, like if you were gonna make a seven samurai for like actors that do like gigs, like gig work, like straight up, like you know, actors that, like that is like the seven samurai, like you know, with Nicolas Cage and the Tashiro Mifune. Like that's like the that yeah, is, like, those are like the Tom the, Jane's definitely in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Tom Sizemore is in it. Like that, those are like the those are like the because those are like the wandering like Ronin of cinema. <laughs> where like you know you want a movie where um, it's shot in Puerto Rico and I'm playing a detective uh, who's hunting down a guy played by yeah. um, James Woods' I mean, brother. Sure. Hell, I mean, Snipes would probably be in it too. Oh, for sure. all things yeah. considered. It's like an expendables, but for expendable actors. Like, yeah. Like... <laughs> Guys who show up for one day, do like a bit, a character bit, and then yeah. walk away. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, I think we, you know, who knows? Let us know on Twitter or via email if you thought we cheated this game <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little bit and you demand for us to watch The Detonator. or armed response or something like that if if one person emails us i'll watch the marksman yeah anyone if anyone emails us at uh at the academy academy podcast if you say if you say hi patrick patrick's watching the marksman it's on tubi (laughs) it is on tubi if you say hi i'll do i'll just straight up do it if you say fuck you i'll do any any response (laughs) tubi the people's streaming oh, service also, TV, the only streaming service that allows you to uh, to uh, record screenshots still yeah yeah so 
think about that, people. Yeah, these are goofy ass movies. Yeah. I had a fun time watching them. The one I watched, I think it sounds like you had ups and downs, but uh, yeah, um, it was yeah, it wasn't. You know what? Not the worst movie I've watched for the pod, so it was okay. I'm fine. I was. Yeah. I'm happy. I hope. Um, I hope you know the Dolomite is my name and coming to America. I've kind of gotten him up and around, make having to make these movies, mm-hmm. and we're going to be seeing more quality, quality pictures showcasing the full range of Wesley Snipes' talents as he, boy, has got a big birthday coming up. So, you know, we'll see, you know, hopefully as he enters his 60s, we get a renaissance from Wesley Snipes. I think we're all hoping for that. I think all of our guests have felt the same way, that he's a wonderful person to spend time with. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, on that note, we're heading into next week, the finale. Unless, of course, we get that email and Patrick has to watch the marksman and tell oh, us. About it. You know, it makes it wait a week, folks. <laughs> but we're, we're tallying votes as we speak. Literally, as we speak, we had to pause this episode to get, get one in. Um, Whiteman Can't Jump, New Jack City. How are you feeling going into this final? Um, I feel so like these are the two best Snipes performances. I think these are the definitive Snipes performances. I feel like the bracket uh, came out like properly. Um, you know, on one hand, it is like a bummer. Like sometimes you wish that like uh, a Florence Foster Jenkins comes in that makes things kind of interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also feel like I always, you know, it feels like we nailed it, which is nice. Yeah. that's a nice feeling too. Yeah, I think and everyone had a great time and um, yeah, I think yeah. we had a, you know. I think we had fun with this one. I think this was a, uh, you know, we got to dance around with some different kinds of movies mm-hmm. yeah. this season. You know, the the prestige, the Oscar bait was out the window. A lot more spin kicks. Yeah. <laughs> We're just a couple of fun jokers paintings on some paintings. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love that story too, that like Prince just like heard about jack nicholson he's like that guy seems like a party man <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> game recognizes game we'll just put it that way oh, when yeah, it yeah. comes to prince and jack nicholson <laughs> like two people that have probably had you know more sex than the city of tulsa like, yeah. everyone in the city of tulsa is <laughs> yeah <laughs> two, two, two of the coolest to ever do it yeah. oh my god we are i don't know how we got so obsessed with um jack nicholson dancing in that art gallery but it is something we're just keep talking about it's gonna come up again because oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> like, it's one of the great moments in cinema um but hard luck gala walkers they're streaming they're out there if you haven't seen them um you know i don't know i mean there's probably other movies yeah for you to watch yeah. but watch, uh, uh watch streets of gold on youtube yeah watch streets of gold <laughs> Or their man, Klaus, yeah. uh, possible Academy, Academy Hall of Famer. I mean, this this is, uh, I think he's on the final ballot, at least. We'll see. We'll see next week when we give out some awards. We have all of our guests back and we defi- and we figure out the definitive Wesley Snipes performance. The definitive, is it going to be? White Man Can't Jump? Is it going to be New Jack City? If you and the audience have not revisited these two movies, now's the time. You only have one week. Give them a watch. I'm going to. We've spoiled the shit out of them 
for months yeah. now, but give them a go if you haven't seen go. them. <laughs> Do some fun. Try to watch them with a commentary or something. Yeah. Is it going to be Nino Brown? Is it going to be Sidney Dean? All will be revealed next week. For So from the honorary joker of the podcast, Patrick, I'm Don. <laughs> we'll see you all next week for the Wesley Snipes finale. Is that a line of the movie? No. <laughs> uh, it <should> be. <laughs> you smell that? Gallow walkers. <laughs> smells like gallow walkers. Smells like gallow walkers to me. Uh oh. Gallow walkers. Well, we are, but you know, I would like to kill me some gallow walkers, but I'm all out of death. I went to Gelson's. And I bought the expensive death because I was out. We talked about this. Go to yeah. Ralph's. I know it's another 10 minutes, but it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's Inflation. Cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of death, though. We need death. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. You know, I, I don't did you put, did, Patrick, did you put death in the chili? <laughs> Oh, you no. know I don't like that. You know I don't like that. I know you don't like death. Okay, I'm taking it out. I'm taking it out. I'm sorry. Scooping it out with my hand. <laughs> Luckily, there's um, three six-feet-tall women who have just yeah. arrived into town to beat the shit out of me for not having death in my... <laughs> no, you rude podcaster. <laughs> okay, goodbye, folks. Bye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs>